0: You're listening to the Inside the Mix podcast with your host, Mark Matthews.
1: Hello and welcome to the Inside the Mix podcast. I'm Mark Matthews, your host, musician, producer and mix and mastering engineer. You've come to the right place if you want to know more about your favorite synth music artists, music engineering and production, songwriting and the music industry. I've been writing, producing, mixing and mastering music for over 15 years and I want to share what I've learned with you. Hey folks, if you are a new Inside The Mix podcast listener, welcome and don't forget to hit that subscribe button and if you are a returning listener, a big welcome back and welcome to the Inside The Mix podcast. I probably should have started the episode with that. I have had a month off so I've got to get back into the swing of doing these things. So in this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, Today, my friend Andrew Wood, a.k.a. RogueFX, an 80s and early 90s influenced retrowave synth pop artist, and he's joining me today for a producer kickstart strategy session. Andrew RogueFX, how are you and welcome. Hi Mark, yeah, I'm absolutely fine, thank you. Uh, uh, how's yourself? I'm very well. Uh, we were just discussing off air actually at the time of recording this, so it is the 6th of September. It is... Or oh, there is a heat wave in the UK, so it's about 29 degrees and it's very hot. Luckily, the studio here is a building within a building, so I don't get blasted with the heat, thankfully. Very good, but, very good. Um, it is, yeah, it's very hot. I took a walk on a lunch break earlier today and I just don't know why I just sweated the whole time. <laughs> it wasn't particularly nice, but it's. Uh, I actually had a week off last week and um, I went to North Devon with the girlfriend and it rained the whole time.
0: Well, that's been the story of the summer, hasn't it? All oh, the, the rain and then, you know, everyone goes back to work or school and suddenly the sun shines and uh, it's a heatwave.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I'm not complaining. It's it's still nice. Still get out and about, get out on the paddleboard at some point this week. It'll be, it'd be lovely. So I thought we, this is a producer kickstart, so it's a slightly shorter episode than usual. So I think we'll just dive straight in. Maybe tell our audience a bit about your sort of music production journey today. What brought you to where you are now?
0: Well, yeah, as, 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 as kind of you mentioned at the, t- at the at the start there, so my music um, life was mainly uh, started in kind of the, towards the late 80s and then through the 90s. Um, and, you know, uh, I guess, although I started in the synth pop world, I moved more into dance music, House music. Well, we used to do all sorts of dance music, to be honest. It wasn't just house. Um, but then by the end of the decade, just kind of give up. Well, you know, just drifted away from it. And then I just, you know, bought a synth. Started again last year. Released quite a few singles. Um, you know, just slowly getting some growth here and there. Um, culminating, just released um, my first EP just um, or end of August.
1: Yeah, fantastic. And a great EP it is as well. So I was listening to it earlier today, uh, The Fifth Step, if I've got that correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, a really, really good EP. So what I'll do is I'll put links in the episode for this for the audience to go check it out. So I, I strongly encourage you to do that. Maybe a bit about this EP, because I, I listened to it earlier today, and I think we mentioned off-air that I can hear that 90s influence in it and that those little bits of ear candy that you got going on, some really nice stereo width going on in there, and bits and pieces in and, and the... And, in in there with the panning and as i mentioned that ear candy which i really really like and um maybe tell our audience a bit about about it because it's it's kind of like a concept ep as well isn't it it's it's got a main character and there's a there's a theme behind it as well so maybe a bit about that
0: um, Yeah, so there is a theme i mean it's it's you know it's in sport from it came from kind of total recall um with the COVID pandemic. So basically what it is is um based in ten years from ta- from now, although you know it really could be now to be honest, but based in ten years from now, um everywhere's in lockdown, pandemics internationally, no no international travel. And you've got these, you know, corrupt organisations working for the government, work not working for the government, but you know, all corrupt and they sell these things called mind trips. And these mind trips are basically medically induced, you know, um, holidays, if you want to call them, or memories put in there. So there's your total recall influence. And the, the guy that goes through it um, with a, with the biggest of these companies called Mind Corporation is called Max Rogue. And he um, is a mercenary ex-con. He's worked for these kind of organizations. He goes in there fancying a little bit of a, you know, You know, good time, but you know, his psyche starts to work against him while he's in there. And you know, by the end of it, he's kind of redempted, he's he's kind of a a different character. But you know, by the time he's come out, so sets the scene for maybe a follow up, I haven't decided yet. But yeah, at the end of it, it's kind of a renewed beginnings for, for, for the character at the end of the EP.
1: Yeah, it's a cool story. Uh, I really like it. I I, I do like a concept. I'm I'm working on an EP myself at the moment, and albeit it's not as sort of uh, the story isn't as sort of as big as the the one that you have, but I do like having a concurrent theme running throughout it. And, I mean, I love Total Recall. What a film. The original, that
0: is. Uh, The Colin Farrell one. Mm. I should say also I did get a lot of help um, by – because there's there's little stories in between the songs – and um, so there was various people in kind of the synth family that uh, contributed to that. My camera, um, J-Man from J360 Productions and Odds Price. So they all did little bits of voice work in there. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was just to help tell the story. So thanks to them for that. So with regards to that and sort of, so we have got the EP, we've got the Fifth Step
1: it's been released uh it's through, I, I can see it bouncing around which is really really cool and i can see you featuring on other other um sort of podcasts and radio stations as well so that's really great to see so what do you think where would you uh sort of like to be in six months where do you see your journey with regards to because you like you said you only returned a bit last year where do you see yourself being in six months
0: um so i mean it's all about just you know that slow growth really you know nothing happens you know Overnight, really, just trying to get, uh, you know, a little bit more traction on Bandcamp, get that Spotify up to the magic 1000 uh, f- um, followers. I'm, I'm on 840 now, so I'm not too far away. But, um, you know, just trying to slowly grow um, in the next six months. What I've got, um, I do have a really, it's sounding really good um, collaboration. Um, it's actually Electric Desk. Do does my mastering, but he's actually an artist himself, much like yourself. Dial M Machine, and he's done the music on this one. I've done uh, the, um, you know, the lyrics and, and sang it, and it's a very kind of nostalgic, fest type of type of song. Um, and uh, that that'll be coming out. Um, I, I don't know yet, but in the next few weeks, couple of months, I have actually got a cover version um, at the mix and stage which I was intending to do for Halloween. Uh, I've never done a cover version before, but it's probably too late to get it through. And, uh, you know, I was putting through clearance through DistroKid. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I've never, I don't know how long that takes. So that'll come out at some point. And, um, yeah, just just probably more co- collabs, more solo stuff. And as I say, I might do a follow-up to the, to the EP. I've got a few ideas, you know, kind of renegade story. When he's you know set up this kind of group to um, kind of not fight back against these corrupt organizations, but I'm just I'm just mulling that over. So I just really want to keep releasing stuff, keep it going, um, and hopefully continue to yeah, to grow a little bit.
1: No, that's ace. Uh, that, with regards to the cover song as well, I, I released a cover last year for Christmas and I think I I set, I said think it was, I was with our nine and maybe one other and we sort of said, oh, we'll do it. I knocked it out in about two weeks. But to actually get the clearance on it, I don't think it took that long. It went through the label, but it didn't take that long. So I think you'd probably be able to do it. Um, this is me. I mean, this is a sweeping statement. I didn't actually do it, but I, I submitted it to the label and said, oh, I've got this last minute Christmas song and they got it out pretty quick. So... Um, I think you can turn it around quite quick, but um, I can't. can be definite on that. Hopefully, but...
0: so I really I want it. It's got. A, I won't say what it is, but it's got a tenuous Halloween kind of theme to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ace, Ace. I toyed with the idea of a Halloween tune. I think I might have missed the boat. Instead, I was actually mixing a track today for a client, and it was a Christmas song. Ironically, with the heat we've got, and I started yeah, mixing yeah. the Christmas song. Well, songs that's this typical, morning.
0: isn't it? It's normally they do the videos in August and stuff like that, and with the Christmas decorations up in the studio. Yeah, typical.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that that was good fun. Um, I yeah. quite enjoyed it. You're it, feeling sure. very
0: festive today.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was all set for uh, this is a total tangent. Now. I was all set for um, autumn. Full for our American listeners, and uh yeah, I was all set for it last week, and now we've got this heat. Uh, but there you go. And so you 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 mentioned there that you sort of outsource the mastering, so you've got that going on. What are you doing for mixing? Do you mix your own music then, or are you just doing the the sort of the, the arrangement, the songwriting, and then are you outsourcing the mixing as well as the mastering?
0: No, I do I do do my own mixing. Um... <sighs> You know, I think I've said this before. If I had the cash, I'd probably outsource mixing um, as well. But it's it's just one of those things. You've got you know when when you working on a kind of very low budget, you've got to you've got to try to do as much as you can yourself. And uh, yeah, I think I'm getting better at it. You know, um, as time goes on, get a little bit more aware of frequencies and um, you know how to get compression sound and decent you know i've still got a lot to learn i'll you know i'll be honest you know vocally i'd like i'd like to get more uh you know production skills around the vocal mixing probably the the beats you know um but you know it's getting there um i'm taking less mixes to, to revisions of the mixes that's, <laughs> so good. that's a good that's good
1: sign. yeah 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 that's very good i mean i listened like i said i listened to the stuff today and i thought the mixes sounded really good I, th- I think um whatever you're doing is is working well and you're going in the right direction certainly. Yeah, and so if, you're, if you're if you if you're bringing those mixed iterations down as well that's good because I remember when I started way back when and, and I've spoken to other producers other artists and stuff and they say they've got their their revisions amount to tens of 20 30
0: revisions and I my think my record then- it's 45. That was Don't Talk to Strangers <laughs> which was the third release. Forty five. Yeah. But I am I'm down to ten and less now. But I think I've done what I did psychology in four. Um I've had a few single figures recently. Um so yeah, it's, it's it's coming down. I think that's really good. I think when you bring it
1: down as well, then any changes you're making, you know they're sort of like they're really informed decisions. I think when you start getting to tens, twenties, thirties, I know I've done it, and then you're just tweaking And I think it can often move into the realm of being detrimental to the mix itself.
0: It starts to make other things worse and then you you, you end up worse off than you were when you started.
1: Exactly that. Or you, I mean, I remember I had this conversation, I cannot remember who I had the conversation with, but you start adding things to it or adding different plugins, different compressors, different saturation, all this different stuff, thinking I want to get this sound, but you keep adding and adding and adding, whereas it probably could be something as simple as taking something away and it just creates this expanse of, of sound, and it just opens up the track. So you mentioned that about vocal production. I don't know in the lead-up to this, in the questionnaire, you mentioned vocal production as well. So what is it that you particularly... What is the, like, the biggest pain point with vocal production? Is it is it frequency? Is it compression? Is it, um, is it recording or,
0: or something along those lines? I think probably it's, it's really how to get that real shame to, to the vocals, you know, really sounding. I don't, you know, I think I can mix the vocals in a way that sounds authentic for the 80s and 90s, but if you want it to sound like today's really contemporary vocal mixing, that's where I think it's quite, you know, I'm not at that, um, you know, I don't really have the knowledge how to do that at the moment, so I'm trying, but it's it's, you know, so... Yeah, great. So it's the sound because it's authentic to the 80s and 90s. But I would like to, you know, um, get some of the more contemporary kind of styles in there as well.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot involved in doing that. And a lot, and to begin with, it can start with something as simple as like a preamp as well. So, albeit, I mean, we're not, I, I don't know about you, but I don't have the luxury of having a, a rack with various preamps that I can run a vocal through when I'm recording it so preamp emulations are where it comes in handy so it's, it's to begin with it's starting with that for example the slate digital range i know for example there, there are various different vo- uh not just vocal preamps but there are preamps in there that you can use so things like that and other little tips and tricks the so one trick that i think is really good and i don't know if you've done this yourself and i can't remember who i got this from but it's used have you got the waves doubler have you got something like a, a doubler uh plugin or something along those lines
0: um see so- I'm a little bit limited because I work on an iPad Pro. I do have Waves, and Waves does have um, – I've got quite a few plugins. I don't think it's got any – a doublet. Um, uh, it's got, like, yeah, kind of um, width and, yeah, tune and, and various um, EQs and stuff like that, but I don't think it's got a doublet. Um, so – I mean, one thing I was going to say,
1: so one really nice trick to add a bit of, because width oftentimes is what can make a vocal really stand out. Because you could, obviously, you're recording on a microphone, it's in mono. Um, and then when you start to add that width to it, it just brings it more life to it as well. So using the doubler, for example, you can use other stereo imaging plugins, but the great thing about this one is you can have an auxiliary send, you send your vocal to it, and then you can mute the, the center, um output and then just have the sides and then you can bring the fader up on that auxiliary send and then it just as you as you bring that fader up it if you're watching this on YouTube you can see you've got this mono signal it just starts to open it up like that and that just adds that bit of width to it. So that's one thing you can do. And then obviously there are things like saturation as well. So are use using I know there's the Brainworks uh, I've lost the name of it now. Black box. That's the one I was looking for. That's a really nice saturation plugin. But you mentioned you're working on an iPad, yeah. so it might be slightly. Yeah, I,
0: I am limited. Um, uh, as I say, there's the Waves ones, and then it's it's this Steinberg type of plugins because it's Cubase, so of the Cubase family, um, and then you know just what's in the box already. So yeah, it is fairly limited. Um, but
1: Cubase is really good. It's one DAW I've never used. I've I've recorded. I've worked with engineers who've recorded with it when i've been recorded but i've never used it myself and i've heard great
0: things but notably from tim benson online yeah he uses uh, he, he, tim uses it um uap uses cubase um i used it in the 90s obviously a hell of a lot different then to to, to now but um so cubase is, is is obviously a mobile version of it and to be honest for what you get for 50 quid on an ipad i don't know if that was a special or not you know you, you absolutely cannot complain it, it does you know, it's not gonna be able to do the job of a fully fledged QBS on, you know, uh, a desktop or laptop, but it's still pretty, pretty good.
1: That's I mean, the mixes you're getting if you're mixing on an iPad, that's very impressive. I
0: gotta yeah, say. Um, it's, it's, I, I, it's, yeah,
1: I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said that. Um so I don't know how it looks on an iPad. So I'm assuming you're able to you've you've got your vocal tracks, you can you've got your vocal stack, your ad libs, your harmonies, etc. if you're using those. And then you can group them together, and I'm assuming you can have auxiliary sends in Cubasis, and yeah, so you're doing all of that stuff.
0: Yeah, that's all there. It looks, it looks, you know, pretty much like any other door, and you can have your groups, and you can, um, you know, it's you've got all your tracks and et cetera, et cetera. You've got your mixer and It just looks like a normal door. What it doesn't have, because I've looked for this a lot of time, because I know this is always done. You know, is is these auxiliary and you know these parallel you know see to do parallel compressions of that yeah i kind of get that i can't find out any way to do that but saying that i just found the side, cha- side chain button there two weeks ago so i'd lived about that for for a year so it could be hidden away somewhere but i still have not found how to to do that kind of things so i know a lot of people use them to you know to work on the um you know the, the kind of coloring of, of the the vocals or or all of the trucks.
1: Yeah, that's really great that you uh, have, have got the mixes you've got and you haven't had that. in. And I know this has been mentioned a lot on the podcast is that limitations are often a good thing. And the fact you're limited, it stops you from getting distracted by uh, an arsenal, a library of plugins. And then you don't have that luxury of just throwing multiple things um And the kitchen sink uh, proverbial in uh, a mix, trying to, to to get it right. So you've got, I think that's a really good thing, and I think embracing it's really really good. So you you have you're not able to use auxiliary sends, but you can you can you you're you're able to then sort of like group all your vocal together in and then have one processing like one
0: channel strip. You can see, you can't so you can send you get it you, you put your groups whatever you want your groups you put this, uh, like uh, all your beats or drums in a group or your vocals or your harmonies Um, and then you've got your inserts you're limited to eight inserts so eight kind of um, effects if you like on your group Um, but there is another send so you could have your delays set up um, and you can send various to it you can't do anything kind of parallel running um, or you can't for example have your lead vocal in a group and then another group you're just limited to one. So I think it's that kind of limitation. I mean, some
1: tricks that I use for vocals in particular that I use on pretty much all mixes that I do. So you mentioned there about reverb. So I've now moved away from having lots of, not that I ever had lots of reverbs, but I try and limit my mixing now my sessions to three, maybe four reverbs. Um, rather than just having this this swamp of reverbs going on. Um, sometimes maybe three and have the vocal going out to the same reverb as the synths, for example, but it changed, It depends on the track. But one really nice trick to do, because you mentioned that, that you've got sidechain available to you now, and this is quite a good one. So when you send your vocal out to a reverb, is to have a compressor on that reverb and then sidechain your vocal to that compressor. And then what that does is, is that when the vocal is there in the track, it will then slightly duck the reverb and then the vocal just pokes out a bit more, but you still have that lush reverb behind it. That's a really good thing to do because sometimes your vocal, particularly if you've got a, a vocal that's got a lot of reverb on it, using that and side chaining a compressor on the reverb send can really help that vocal to to stick out and also eq on a reverb as well i don't know if that's something you're doing but actually eqing a reverb and getting rid of the sort of like the lows and the highs on that
0: i, I get i don't think there's a facility to eq kind of effect sends you can eq the track that has the reverb on it but i don't think you can do it um like you can in you know um, you may you may be able to do it in the plugin.
1: I know some Reverb plugins you're able to do it, so that might be worth looking at. Um, I know a number of them. I couldn't. say I was looking cubos. at one
0: actually the other day on the in the iPad store. I, I, I haven't I haven't bought it yet, but Apple Store, I should say. So I might as a next step, I might I might actually buy a, a, a plugin with a Reverb because they're all stock ones, Steinberg ones at the moment. There's, there's, there's I mean they've got five or six to be honest, but like you, I only use two or three reverbs not one of the things that are massively used on vocals i know a lot of synth wave artists do but it's maybe i should use it more but i just kind of i'm not really into that heavily reverbed sound um as for myself i mean it sounds great on others but you know for me my vocal it just doesn't sound good so I, i try to keep it you know a little bit of delay, just, just, just like the reverb.
1: Uh, I'm with you there. I, I'm, I'm very much like that. If sometimes my vocal, I don't sing, but whenever I'm mixing, sometimes they air on the side of possibly being too dry, because I don't like having uh, a massive reverb sound. Um, maybe it's because of the songs that I that I write; they just don't suit that much. Like yourself, if if you know your voice and your vocal doesn't lend itself well, or it lends itself better to a more drier sound. than then roll with that. Um, another good tip to do is the uh, is with delay as well, which is something that you could feed that delay back into the reverb. So, if you've got a separate delay, and once again, this this you you're probably limited again by Cubase, but that's another good thing that you're able to do. Are you able to use DSs as well? On, yeah. I'm assuming you can. Got a yeah. DS
0: plug in? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, how, how are you? How are you sitting those? Do you have one sort of at the top of the, the the vocal chain and then do you have another one at the bottom are you using one how, how are you using those I. Uh... we'll be right back so i've got a hunch about a common struggle we all face mastering if you're an independent artist or music producer you've probably encountered the frustration of masters that just don't hit the mark right They lack balance and refuse to play nicely across different devices and environments. Ever found yourself wondering, why don't my masters sound like my references? Perhaps you've spent countless hours attempting to master your tracks only to be unsatisfied with the results. Maybe you've tried every silver bullet plugin or even dabbled in AI. Or perhaps you're already working with an engineer but you're eager to explore different possibilities. Well, here's the solution you've been searching for, synth music mastering. I'm offering a game-changing opportunity with a one-time free test master for a limited time. Picture elevating your music with my unwavering commitment to quality and a personalized touch that you just don't get with the big mastering studios. The best part, it won't cost you a penny. Just submit your finished mix and let's see how we can transform your music together. Don't let mastering be a mystery any longer. Say goodbye to the frustration and step into a world of sonic excellence. Grab your free Test Master now, click the link in the episode description, or head over to synthmusicmastering.com.
0: Usually, uh, I either put it on the group or or on the individual track. I sometimes just put it on the individual track rather than the group. Um, where it is in the vocal chain, but put it in the is. I think I do it before the EQ.
1: I think it's with the DSs. And I, I find this when I when I do a bit of research, because I look around every now and again to see what other people are doing. And I don't know if there is a hard and fast rule of where you put a DSer, to be honest. I mean, the way the way I do it, and once I say this on the podcast all the time, it's not necessarily the right way, but the way I like to do it is at the top of my, say if I've got my main lead vocal. Yeah, I would have like there'll be an EQ at the top where all that EQ is going to be doing is just like a really gentle shelf rolling off any low end sort of like a first order um sort of low high pass filter. That's what I'm looking for. I always get them around the wrong way about six dB, just getting rid of any unnecessary low frequency content. The trick there is not to get rid of too much, though. I know some people sweep it all the way up and then you get this really narrow thin vocal but i don't think you suffer from that i think like i said your mixes do sound very good and i think whatever you do with your vocal is it's definitely working then after that eq i then have a de then i run into i usually either have two or three sometimes three compressors depending on the vocal itself i usually have like one compressor which would be like a fast fet style compressor if you can get it if you can't then it doesn't it's not the end of the world, just like with a fast, relatively fast attack and a moderately fast release, something like a two to one compression, and then another compressor after that, something like an opto compressor, which is slightly slower in its attack and its response. And then that's just adding sort of character, if you will, but it's still yeah, doing the yeah. job of a compressor. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to do in general, to be honest. I think yeah. with compression, it's is just not to, yeah. yeah, yeah, not to just slam it straight off the bat but do it in stages. Now, I mean, it, it's subjective. It depends on the source material, but I think that's a generally good thing to do. And another thing with vocal as well, in particular, when it comes to production, um, is that I like to go in and actually do a bit of gain, clip gain automation so if I know there's like one particular phrasing where the, the singer's gone hell for leather and possibly hasn't moved away from the microphone enough, and yeah. I'll go and clip gain and bring That's that me down rather time. than, re- <laughs> yeah, yeah, rather than relying on the compressor to do it. And it just takes a bit off the, com- it is a bit, a bit of a bore, like to do, but I think it just does help in the grand scheme of things, but don't do what I did recently, which was where I tried to get it all the same. Then I realized I totally clip gain, compre- clip gain. And I brought up these breaths that I didn't want. And then I was just like, oh man, I've totally gone totally gone overboard here and then yeah i run into compression then i'll do the the compressors then i'll do eq afterwards right and that's why i'm doing like the creative eq that's like the additive rather than subtractive yeah Yeah. and the the key thing there again is like is i think it's being quite subtle with it when you do yeah when you when you do make changes be bold at the same time if that makes sense like if you're gonna have, if you're gonna add sort of some presence frequencies to it, depending on where your vocal sits, if it's like three, four, five k, then um, just just be bold with it, basically. And another really good trick to do is this: is if you get an EQ, find out where your frequency, your present frequency of your voice is. Now it's going to differ between male, female vocal, and the the timbre of your voice. Find out where it is, and say if it sits at like three point five k, is to just in like the synths, bass. Guitars, it's just to notch out a little bit of like right. three point five on those yeah. groups, yeah, like a relatively narrow cue, something like two point five, yeah, and th- that would just help a little. I mean, you could sidechain it. Ultimately, you could stick a compressor on there and sidechain
0: on each one of those. But yeah, yeah. no, that's it depends a good tip. That, you want to do it. yeah, just to give a little bit of space, space for the frequency.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is because that is your that is your main in main instrument might be the wrong way of putting it the, the the centerpiece let's put it that way of the track is that vocal and you want it just albeit you don't want it to be louder than everything else but you want it to be more present yeah. and be the focal point so just just notching those frequencies out at touch um and you could use dynamic eq in doing that if you wish but i don't know I'm, I'm quite old school in that method i just like going in and just just ducking them out and doing it that way
0: anything dynamic um I struggle with a little bit in automation. I do it, but then it ends up all sorts of stuff's getting automated that I don't want to be automated. And I'm like, oh, so I end up switching it all off and just and just doing it right at the end. The very last thing I'll do on a track or the vocals, automate, and then everything else is done right. Let's do a bit of that because if I do it, I'll forget about something and suddenly things are going crazy with automation that I just I forgot to switch off I didn't realize it was on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I've I've done that. I, I if I, I think I put a post on Instagram a few weeks back, and it showed like the automation lanes of this vocal group that I had, and it looked like the London Underground. It was it was crazy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've got that. Yeah, this like have I got have I gone overboard here? Possibly. Only wanted to deal with the delay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I do that all the time with delays and verbs. I'm like, right, I'm going to automate the delay. So at the end of this phrase here, it's going to go up, and then it's going to come back down. I do the same with reverbs. And um, like tremolo as well. I've recently introduced using tremolo, um, which is which is quite nice on a on a track that I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's another thing with vocal production as well. It's just like experiment with different time based like plugins and and, and modulation, like phasers and flanges and tremolo and yeah.
0: all these different ones. I, put on, I quite often put a like a flanger on it. Maybe it's a back in vocal or something like that. Just add a little bit of extra texture or whatever. But yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good thing to do. And specifically, once again, if you've got them panned left, panned right, and it just adds a bit more ear candy and and spice to the track, as it were. Uh, Andrew, I realise we're we're almost at half an hour now, so I think we've
0: got 10 minutes over. No, it's been really good to talk, though, and it's, um, you know, some really good tips there. I'm going to do a little bit of mixing in the next couple of hours, so I'll, I'll have a look at that.
1: What do you think will be the first thing that you look at? Where if you're
0: at vocals in half an hour's time. What do you think will be the first thing you do? Um, I might. I think I'm going to have a look at where the DS sits in the group, um, and you know the EQ, the the kind of final EQ to try to you know get some flavor in. And I might have a look at some of the any of the key synth tracks or that sit with the vocals if I can just duck it out well what i don't really know is well, where is my frequency um i guess there'll be some um plugin that will show me that so the,
1: i mean the plugin i use to do that is so i'll i'll sweep i mean with the eq i'll i should have said this earlier is i will just find a uh it's parametric eq so i would just boost one um i don't know what you call them nodes i guess a node on the eq yeah and nice. i'll boost it like 10, 10 db with a, a relatively narrow cue not like really narrow and then just sweep about and until i find the the sort of the timbre of the vo- vocal that sounds really nice and i think it's going to be very subjective to what you think is the best frequency for your voice and that, that's the way I do it. And I mean, others might say differently, but yeah, I'll have the vocal in the mix and then I'll just sweep around until I find that frequency. I'm like, actually, that's the one. That's the one where the voice sounds the best um, in the mix. And then that's my presence frequency that I'll use. Um, that's the way I do it. Yeah. Uh, there are There are EQs where you can actually highlight frequency bands and it will solo that band. Of Frequencies, but um, if you haven't got that, then no, just boost the frequency no. and then sweep about until you find that sweet spot where your vocal sounds really nice and that's the frequency that you want. Okay, that's really the easiest way to do it, hey mate. So, yeah, um, cheers. for our audience, um, where can they find you online? And obviously, I'll put all this in the episode notes as well. Yeah, I'm pretty much
0: everywhere Instagram, um, I've got um, Twitter, X, Twitter, Facebook. Even TikTok, even YouTube, um, but I, I primarily uh, are on um, X and, and Instagram.
1: Oh, fantastic! I, I still don't know. Is it is it now officially X or is it just
0: represented by an X and it's still Twitter? I think most people, it's like the 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 application formerly known as Twitter. You know? <laughs> it's like Prince. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is officially amazing X, but you know, no one's going to call it. Is it?
1: There we go. Um, Folks, uh, if you would like to be uh, like my friend Andrew Rogaflex and become a producer kickstart participant, do go to the website www.insidethemix.podio.com or if you're watching or listening to this in the future, there will be an insidethemixpodcast.com website when I uh, get round to it and um, get signed up and join me on the show here for a producer kickstart session. And uh, Andrew, it's been a pleasure and I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah.
0: Cheers, Mark. Thanks a lot. Cheers, buddy.
1: Whoa. Before you go, make sure to snag your free Test Master from Synth Music Mastering. Imagine enhancing your music with my steadfast dedication to quality and that personalized touch. And here's the kicker. It's absolutely free. No cost at all. Simply head over to synthmusicmastering.com or click the link in the episode description to claim your free Test Master.